गुजरात There seems to be a consensus that the BJP will win easily with the only debate being about the margin and Himachal Pradesh where the contest is expected to be a close one between the BJP and the Congress in Gujarat exit polls across the board have predicted a clear BJP win in a state where it has been in power since 1998 hasn't lost an election since 1995 and where prime minister Narendra Modi served as chief minister from 2001 to 2014 The turnout in the state has however seen a dip with 64.33% eligible voters casting their ballot as opposed to 68.39% in 2017. The state is seeing its first three-cornered contest in at least 30 years with the Aam Aadmi Party fighting the polls in earnest and making some inroads in areas such as Surat in South Gujarat. Opinion polls show a likely split in the opposition vote between the Congress, the traditional opposition to the BJP in Gujarat, and the newcomers up, benefiting the BJP, which returned its lowest winning tally of 99 seats in 2017. Binding the president of India to a timeline in matters of judicial appointments is not appropriate. The union government told the Supreme Court on Wednesday, flagging several concerns over engaging the services of retired judges to tackle massive pendency of cases across the high courts of the country. In a status report submitted to a bench headed by Justice Sanjeevishan Kaul, the central government pointed out that the process of appointing ad hoc judges in high courts, as per Supreme Court's April 2021 judgment, will require inclusions in the Memorandum of Procedure (MOP). the document that guides the appointment of judges to the constitutional courts in august 2021 the government said union law minister kiran rajiju wrote to the chief justice of india soliciting the latter's opinion on the draft guidelines for the appointment of ad hoc judges under article 224a of the constitution but the cji's opinion based on the unanimous view of the supreme court collegium is yet to be received said the center however The draft guidelines seen by height marks some crucial departures from the April 2021 judgment of the top court potentially setting the stage for yet another confrontation between the executive and the judiciary which has recently been at loggerheads over the appointment of judges through the collegium system The picturesque resort of Pahalgam in South Kashmir experienced the coldest night of the season as mercury plunged to minus 5.6 degrees Celsius on Wednesday amid a forecast of two back-to-back weather disturbances which will bring rainfall and snowfall in Jammu and Kashmir from December 9th to 13. Meteorological Department (MET) officials said All the weather stations in the valley recorded sub-zero temperatures during the intervening night of Tuesday and Wednesday with Pahalgam recording the lowest temperature. Earlier, the mercury had dropped to minus 4.8 degrees Celsius in the tourist resort on November 23rd. 
Meteorological Department Deputy Director, Met, Mukhtar Ahmad, while sharing a weather update, said that summer capital Srinagar witnessed a minimum temperature of minus 3 degrees Celsius. In Jammu Division, the mercury dropped to minus 0.7 degrees Celsius in Banihal, while it was 6.9 degrees Celsius in Jammu District, he said. Ahmad said that dry weather with haze and shallow fog will continue till December 8. He said that fresh western disturbances will affect J and K from December 9. Under the influence of the system, there is possibility of light snow over the plains and lower reaches, and light to moderate snow in the middle am the higher reaches on December 9th and 10th and light rain at isolated to scattered places in Jammu Division, Ahmad said, saying that another western disturbance will hit the region on the night of December 12th. Vice President Jagdeep Dhankar commented on the system of selecting judges for constitutional courts, in the course of his opening address after assuming the office of Raj Sabha chairperson on Wednesday, indicating the hardening of battle lines between the executive and the judiciary on the issue. He offered Nyak as an example of how the ability of the executive, judiciary and legislature, need to work within their domains is critical to democracy. Democracy blossoms and flourishes when its three facets, the legislature, the judiciary and the executive scrupulously adhere to their respective domains, he said and went on to add, any incursion by one, howsoever subtle, in the domain of other, has the potential to upset the governance apple cart. But he then continued to dwell on the issue and said there is no parallel in democratic history where duly legitimized constitutional prescription has been judicially undone. Dhankar is the latest to weigh in on the subject. Over the past few months, Law Minister Kiran Rajiju has targeted the Supreme Court's collegium system, terming it opaque, alien to the constitution and the only system in the world where judges appoint people who are known to them. Rajiju's comments were tacitly responded to by Chief Justice of India, CJI, Thinanjayi Chandrachur by making an appeal for constitutional statesmanship by the executive and judiciary as he spoke at the Constitution Day function on November 25. An Afghan man convicted of murder was executed in public Wednesday, the Taliban said, the first confirmation of such a punishment since the hardline Islamists returned to power. Last month, Taliban Supreme Leader Hibatullah Hakujhara ordered judges to fully enforce aspects of Islamic law that include public executions, stonings and floggings, and the amputation of limbs from thieves. They have carried out several public floggings since then, but Wednesday's execution in Faha, capital of the western province of the same name, is the first the Taliban have acknowledged. The Supreme Court was instructed to implement this order of Qisas in a public gathering of compatriots, Taliban spokesman Zabihullah Mujahid said in a statement, referring to the eye for an eye justice in Islamic law. In a later tweet, Mujahid said the victim's father had carried out the sentence, shooting the condemned man three times with a Kalashnikov. The statement named the executed man as Tajmir, son of Ghulam Sirwar, and said he was a resident of Injil district in Herod province. It said Tajmir had murdered a man, and stolen his motorcycle and cell phone. Later, this person was recognized by the heirs of the deceased, it said, adding he had admitted his guilt. You were listening to the HD Daily News Wrap, a beta production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Please give us feedback on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at HD Smartcast or via email 
to podcasts at hindustantimes.com. Until next time. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.